0: The following podcast may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. San Francisco is the fourth most populous city in California and the 17th most populous city in the United States. Those stats come from 2022. Basically, it's a huge city. I'm a native of California, born and raised here, and I am no stranger to the majestic city of San Francisco. As a matter of fact, I know it all too well. Any large city comes with its share of urban legends. In San Francisco, you'll hear urban legends like the Golden Gate Park Ghost, the Chinatown Tunnels, and how people mysteriously disappear in the large city. But missing people may not be an urban legend. The San Francisco Police Department's Missing Persons Unit has over 900 cases of missing persons. Dating back to 1976, most open cases involve male adults. A little over 30% are women, and nearly 20% are juveniles. The city of San Francisco saw its highest level of disappearances in the 2000s. This leads me to the topic of this episode. We are going to explore each individual within the California Missing Five. I will guide you through each young man's last known whereabouts. And then I'll leave it to you to help these men find their way home or justice for their families. Either way, we just can't leave this unexplained. On May 15th, 2010, Jackson Alexander Miller left his family's home in Cupertino, California. This is roughly a 46-mile drive to San Francisco. Around 4.10 p.m., Jackson parked his 2004 Silver Honda Pilot in the parking lot at the Golden Gate Bridge. But this was the last time Jackson was seen. In his car, he left behind his wallet, cell phone, and iPod. His keys were not located. Jackson's family described him as intelligent, very strong willed, but gentle. Throughout his teenage years, he excelled in sports, particularly swimming, track, soccer, and wrestling. Unfortunately, Jackson also struggled with anxiety and feeling insecure. At 19 years old, sometime before his disappearance, Jackson had stopped taking his prescription medication. Soon he would begin suffering through sleepless nights, erratic behavior, and became increasingly paranoid. The day he drove to the Golden Gate Bridge, cameras picked his vehicle up driving in and then picked him up walking to a nearby bus stop. And that is the last sighting of him. A few days later, sightings were reported of the young man all over the city. If it was him, it seemed as if he was still in San Francisco. But after these initial sightings, it seemed Jackson was just gone. Nearly 11 years went by. On Friday, March 26, 2021, around 2:20 2 p.m., a male matching Jackson's description was seen at a Target store in Woodland, California. Woodland is roughly more than 90 miles away from San Francisco. He approached a woman in the parking lot and identified himself as Jackson and stated he was a missing person. He also asked her for a cigarette and a ride to Sacramento. She did not give him a ride. On our website, unexplainedrealms.com, I will have surveillance photo of this man. He was wearing black pajama pants with shamrocks on them and a green pullover sweater. After this sighting, an area business owner contacted authorities stating a man matching the same description had entered her store and was asking for a ride to Los Angeles. When no one offered, he left. There has been nothing more reported regarding Jackson. If you see Jackson or know anything about his whereabouts or disappearance, Call Santa Clara County Sheriff's Office Investigations Division 408-808-4500. On October 6th, 2011, 29-year-old Cameron Remmer was headed to San Francisco. He planned to start a medical marijuana company. Cameron was the youngest of four siblings, single, had no children, and struggled with bipolar disorder for quite some time. He had been hospitalized in the past as the condition would cause him to hallucinate or become agitated and withdrawn. At the time of his disappearance, he was on medications to assist him with his condition though the medication could include episodes of psychosis. Cameron lived in a peach community called Lucadia. It was roughly located in Encinitas, California. Encinitas is a seven hour drive to San Francisco, roughly 483 miles one way. On October 1st, Cameron flew from Encinitas to San Francisco. He wanted to start his own medical marijuana company. He traveled alone and brought $30,000 cash and 60 to 70 packages of marijuana. He reserved a room at the Fairmont Hotel and had checked in. On October 6th, Cameron is drinking at the hotel bar and behaving erratically. The staff asks him to leave. He checks out of the hotel, but does not take any of his belongings. He tells the hotel staff he will pick it up in a few days. On this night, he would call a friend in Arizona and ask them to pay for a hotel room. But then he suddenly changed his mind. By October 7th, this family had not heard from him. This was unusual, as Cameron typically called his family daily. The family begins to believe he may be having a psychotic break. On October 9th, Cameron picks up his belongings from the Fairmont Hotel. He would retrieve luggage, cash and marijuana from the front desk. During this exchange, the front desk staff would describe Cameron as incoherent and babbling. They also said he was wearing two different shoes. On October 11th, Cameron's family reported him missing. His return flight was to leave on October 30th. But Cameron never boarded the flight and never made it home. The Investigation Discovery Network series Last Seen Alive spotlighted Remmer's case in an episode. The show's producers hired private investigator Tom Klatt to further look into this case. During Klatt's investigation, he found that Cameron had been in the Tenderloin area at a bar. He was with a woman he'd met in the city. This was 12 hours before he disappeared. Now, before we go any further, in 2023, The Tenderloin area of San Francisco is considered one of the worst parts of the city. In some ways, it's always been associated with drug use and homelessness, but these days it's much worse. Cameron was about 5'10", approximately 170 pounds, with blonde hair. If you know anything about his whereabouts, Call San Francisco Police Department at four one five 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 three one zero seven one. Twenty three year old Sean Dickerson moved from Ceres, California to San Francisco, California. This is approximately a one hour and 40 minute drive or around 94 miles one way. After high school, Sean moved to San Francisco. He would rent a place or crash at friends houses. In 2011, he moved into an apartment located on 22nd Street and Bartlett Street. He shared the apartment with five other roommates. One of the roommates was a close friend, Angeli Droll. The two had dated for two years during high school. He had a dream of moving to New York with his roommate. He also was a member of a local band and performed in the San Francisco area. Prior to his disappearance, he had been hired at a men's clothing store called Rollo. On December 1st, 2011, Sean got up and went to work. He had a performance review that day with his boss, and it was also payday. His review went normal, and he was given his paycheck, but he was unable to cash the check, as he did not have his ID. He asked his boss to accompany him to the bank to cash the check. They cashed the check and parted ways, Sean would go on to take his lunch at this time. It was 1 p.m. Sean never went back to work that day. His boss tried to contact him, but didn't receive a response from Sean until 11.30 p.m. that night. Sean apologized for not coming back to work. His boss informs him that they may have to terminate his employment if he cannot be reliable. That night, Sean does not arrive back at his apartment until 1 a.m. At 1.14 a.m., Sean calls a neighbor and chats with them. He told the neighbor that he had lost his job at Rolo's, but that had not happened. He then stays up chatting with his roommates until 4 a.m. This would now be December 2nd. At 11 a.m., Sean wakes up and realizes he is late for work. He begins rushing through the apartment, getting dressed to head to work. But he never makes it to work, and he's never been seen again. On December 6th, Sean is reported missing. His family begins to learn of some odd habits he has developed. For example, he would climb buildings to sleep on the rooftops. He told his mom he wanted to see what it would be like. Once authorities began investigating, they realized Sean went on a walk instead of going to work that day. He took several pictures of the bay, a meal, and some of his feet. He posted at least 16 photos to his Facebook account. Before his disappearance, he had also changed his name to Kloss agnes on facebook this was a combination of two artists he liked if you know sean's whereabouts or have any information please contact the san francisco police department again 415-558-5508 20-year-old Christian Hughes was working at Taco Bell after graduating from San Diego High School. He had made plans to visit a friend for a few nights in San Francisco. This would be a seven-hour drive from San Diego and roughly 500 miles away. Sometime before his disappearance, Christian's father had passed away. Though his family described him as completely mentally stable, with no history of running away. On the morning of Monday, February 4th, 2013, his mom Kim dropped him off at the San Diego International Airport. He planned to stay in San Francisco for three days and return home on Thursday, February 7th at 2.30. As soon as Christian's plane touched down, He contacted his mother on February 7th Christian was to arrive home but his mom Kim became concerned because he had not contacted her and he had missed his flight home Kim's sister Chelsea lived in San Francisco she contacted her to see if she'd heard from Christian she'd seen him on Tuesday February 5th of that week and had given him $70 however That wasn't the last sighting of Christian that week. He was seen on Wednesday, February 6th. He had lunch with a female friend and then was seen by friends at his friend's place in the 900 block of Capitol Avenue in San Francisco. That was around 12.30 a.m. Christian's mom, Kim, was trying to find phone numbers to the individuals he had been staying with She also continued to call Christian's phone repeatedly. It went straight to voicemail. By February 8th, there's no word still from Christian. There's a knock at the door though. It's the San Diego Police Department. They received a call from one of the friends Christian had stayed with. The caller was concerned and wondered if Christian arrived home safely. The caller stated that Christian was to leave the following morning, but instead woke up, packed all of his belongings somewhere between the hours of 1 a.m. and 10 a.m. This prompted confusion for all. The friends he stayed with would be his ride to the airport. When they woke around 10 a.m. that morning, Christian had just vanished. Unable to get any information from the airlines, Kim turned to phone records and discovered her son's last text message was on Wednesday at 1.18am. After that text, there was no further activity on Christian's phone. Christian has a scar running down his spine from top to bottom, stretched earlobes, and uses the nicknames Chris or Dago. He has the words West Coast tattooed on his left arm and the word loyalty tattooed on his right arm, a playing card tattooed on his wrist and praying hands tattooed on his chest over his heart. In April, 2014, there was a potential sighting of Christian on Haight Street in San Francisco. If it was him, he was with a blonde woman and had similar tattoos. Do you have any information? on the whereabouts of Christian, please contact the San Francisco Police Department, 415-558-5508. 19-year-old Sean Seedy was last seen on May 21st, 2013. Several months before his disappearance, he had suffered a traumatic brain injury. Sean remained in a coma for several days after the accident. After, he would require medication for his ongoing recovery. Sean occasionally struggles with short-term memory loss and becomes easily fatigued. On May 21, 2013, Sean told his mother, Lynn, in a phone call, that he would be going to pick up a tape from a former high school teacher he visited the teacher around eleven forty 40 a.m he was last seen leaving the school near 1 30 p.m sean made a phone call to his dad he told him he planned to take the bus back to the park unfortunately sean's phone died about an hour and a half later Sean only had his phone, his wallet with an ATM card, and his driver's license inside. Since the disappearance, there has been no activity with his debit card. If you have any information on Sean's whereabouts or what might have happened, please contact the San Francisco Police Department, 415-558-5508. I hope this episode helps these five young men. While the cases may not have anything in common or even be related, they all deserve attention from the world. San Francisco is not the place to suffer a mental break or any type of issue, actually. The homeless problem is overwhelming. Tents lined up on city streets with open drug use. It would be difficult to find someone among that mess. If you think you know the whereabouts of a missing person or anybody from this show, contact the San Francisco PD, 415-558-5508. If you're new, you can visit us at unexplainedrealms.com, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. And don't forget to smash those like, subscribe, and follow buttons. And don't forget to hit the show notifications button on Spotify so you can get reminders when we drop a new episode. Don't forget to click on our sponsor's links when visiting unexplainedrealms.com with a variety of brands and products to choose from, And the most exclusive deals just for you.